Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. here today. Um, We are starting a new series called The Altar, and I'm going to jump right into it today. Um, I want to say one thing this morning as we get ready to start our message and uh, this series is that this has been a series I have been praying immensely about, especially the last two weeks. And and my prayer is this, is that you will have a moment this morning. I I think all of us, we look for those moments, we look for those times where we're going to have that experience that life is going to be different. Um, That we come into church and we hope that there's that moment in our spiritual walk that is kind of a releasing moment, that's kind of a birthing moment, that there is something that happens. And so this morning, man, I'm just believing, I am praying, um, I have been in prayer so much for this message, um, that at the end of this message, there will be a moment for you, and, and there would be just this growth, this experience that happens in your life that has never happened before. But can I tell you something? Um, for me, uh, most of the time where I was growing is when I was being stretched, um, that there was never a real growing moment without a real stretching moment with me. If I stayed with myself just doing what I was comfortable with, I was never doing new things. And so this morning, I'm just going to put a precursor out there. You're, this morning, it's going to require that you do a new thing to experience a new thing in your relationship um, and what God wants to do. And so I'm praying, man, this first service, it was powerful at the end. And I'm believing that it's going to be even more powerful in second service because second service is best service, right? Um, So um, here we go. I I say the same thing in first service, but... um, I, I want to take us back a little bit. Um, when you were growing up, uh, hold on, when all the old people in here were growing up, uh, and you're going to see why I'm saying this, when you took pictures, there was no cell phones to take pictures with, right? There wasn't even digital cameras to where you could look at the picture, see if it was good. You had to take a couple of pictures of the same thing or of the same, uh, 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 the same pose and hope that you got a good one because the only way you knew if it was a good one is when you got the photos back, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and you would get photos like this, right? You had this, like some of you are like, I haven't seen this in forever. We're hoarders at the Graves house. Um, but, and you would get photos like this. And if you got really good photos, um, your friends would say, hey, can I have your doubles? Do you guys remember that? 
Like you're like, yeah, yeah, I got doubles. I got doubles so I can give them away. Um, this is what we did. This is what happened. All of our, our teenagers and college students, this is what old people did um, when we were taking pictures. Uh, this, is, this is how we lived it out. You had the Kodak disc. I'm going to get you with the Kodak disc, you know, um, and you took pictures and that's, that's, that's what we did. But every time you took photos, you got these back, right? You got your negatives because the negative was the birthing place of your photo. See, this is what would come out of your camera. And how this happened is they would take the negative into a dark room and they would shine a light through it onto photo paper and then it would bring out a positive photo that you got to take home that's in here out of a negative. And can I tell you, I believe this morning Jesus Christ wants to do the same thing in your life. That he wants to take what has been negative. And, and here's the reality. All of us in this place, one thing I know that is true, all of us have had negative experiences. All of us have experienced something, someone who has hurt us, something that was unexpected, something that was hard, something that was difficult, something that was painful, and it's led to brokenness, it's, it's led to hurt feelings. And, and I believe this this morning, is that Jesus wants to take those negative moments, he wants to take those broken, painful moments, and he wants to shine his light through it and bring a testimony, bring a story, bring something positive positive out of the negative in your life. And so this morning, how does that happen? Because it, it's great to hear, right? Like we love hearing good news. Like most of the reason I don't watch the news period is because there's no good news, right? I'm just like, ah, forget it. Um, I'm just like, I don't want to hear it anymore. You know, these people are mad when a Democrat's in office. These people are mad when Republicans are in office. Just, I'm done. Um, so, we love to hear good news. Like, I don't have to get up here and come and tell you, okay, so this is how you have a good time, right? I don't have to instruct you how to handle the good times in life, how to handle the fun times. Like, here's how you have fun when you are in a pool, laughing with your friends, playing pool basketball. I don't, I don't have to tell you that. But you know what we don't know how to handle? Most of the time, we don't know how to handle the broken things. When, when things break... We kind of treat it like I treat things in my house when they break. I'm like, what, what do I do? You know, like, this is, this, I, I don't know what to do because I, I get zip ties out, I get duct tape out, and I'm like, well, maybe this, will, maybe this will fix it, maybe this will hold it. And I think there are spiritual zip ties and duct tape that we put all over our life that we're just trying to make it work, and it doesn't work because you don't know what to do with all these broken things that are in your life. So what do we do with the broken things? How, how do we handle broken, painful, hard things that have happened in our life? Well, the first thing I would tell you is what not to do. The first thing is that you've got to stop doing the same thing with broken things. You got to stop doing the same thing with broken things. Um, if you saw our Facebook post this week, and hopefully you're, you know, if you're on Facebook, you're looking at our videos, you're sharing our videos, all that great stuff. But um, you saw me with this exact light, right? 
And I was talking about, you know, most of the time we don't know what to do with broken things. And I held this light up. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. And here's what happened. Right after we were done videoing uh, the, the, the video, videoing the video, shooting the video, um, is that I took this light and I went to the bucket out in this hallway, that bucket right there, and I just threw it in. And Bobby was like, why, why, why'd you put it in there, right? Like, why didn't you throw it away? I'm like, because that's, that, that's what I do. You know, I, when, I was taught you put it back where you got it, right? Except at home. Um, <laughs> and so I, I just put it where I found it. I, I did the same thing that I've always done with this thing. And can I tell you, for a lot of us, that's what we do with broken things. We do the same thing that we've always done with broken things. We, we do the same thing that we've done in the past. We do the same thing that we've always, always done because we don't know what else to do. We, 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 some of us, when things break, we get mad, right? We're like, stupid, broken. Don't worry, the light's broken. Um, <laughs> stupid thing, you're supposed to work. You know, when things happen in our life, we get mad. We get angry. And, and it's not that you can't ever get mad. It's not that you can't ever get angry, but it just keeps graduating from there. And anger turns into bitterness. And when you become a bit, when bitterness sets in, it makes you bitter and it makes you miserable. All because you had something break that shouldn't have broke in your life. For some of us, it's just about ignoring it because that's what we've always done. We just ignore that it even happened. We just kind of go through it and coast through it. And if I, don't, if I pretend it didn't happen, then that makes the pain less. And as we kind of ignore it and we try to become numb to it and we take things to numb ourselves from the pain and the hurt, can I tell you that's when big issues start happening in your life. It's when you refuse to acknowledge the painful things. Some of us, we become mopey. We become Eeyore off Winnie the Pooh, right? Like, why me? Everybody hates me. Um, and, and we just start doing this. Why, why? Why? Why me? Why did this have to happen to me? Why does this always happen to me? And if you're not careful, why me really quickly turns to why God. And I can't tell you this, is that those why God questions that you have, I don't necessarily have the answer. I'm just going to be real on. I don't know why everything happened the way it happened in your life. I don't know why you got divorced. I don't know why your spouse left you. I don't know why you went through abuse. I don't know why life is so hard, why people have hurt you, why disappointments have happened, why you are still carrying the guilt around. But what I do know is this, is that if the broken things are going to get better in your life, you can't keep doing the same thing you've always done with them. You can't keep doing the same things that you've always done with them. It's, it's very, excuse me, I've got to throw this in there. I'm going to trip over it. Um, it's very uh, kind of crazy to me. Growing up, we went to my grandparents' house a lot. Um, both sets of my grandparents, we always ate with them. And anytime I would get food on my plate, especially if it was something I liked, there was a little bit more grace if I didn't like something. But they would always tell me, because they grew up in the Great Depression, make sure you clean your plate. Make sure you eat everything that you put on your plate. Because when you're around people that didn't have much growing up, they make sure you don't waste anything. And that was my grandparents. They were like, oh, you're not gonna waste a thing. Eat it, Justin. Eat. I don't care if you're full. I don't care if you're gonna throw up. You put it on your plate. You eat it, right? 
And here's the, here's the truth of it, is that my grandparents weren't in danger of wasting their food. The person that was in danger of wasting their food was me. And can I tell you, God, we, we don't, the danger isn't that God is going to waste your hurt. The danger isn't that God is going to waste your pain, that he's going to waste the broken things that have happened in your life. In fact, if you look at the Bible, when Jesus is doing the miracle where he feeds the 5,000, it's found in John chapter 6, he feeds 5,000 men. So our conservative estimates believe that that's like 7,500 people, counting women and children, conservative estimates, that he has fed 7,500 people. <clears throat> And they've all had what they wanted to eat to the full. Like, they got seconds. They, got, they were all full. And then while everybody's amazed at the miracle, everything, everybody's awed and inspired by what just happened, something doesn't escape Jesus' attention. It's the leftovers. Right? It's what probably most of the crowd didn't pay attention to. It was what was left over, didn't go to waste. In fact, it says this in John chapter 6, verse 12, Jesus says, gather the leftover so that nothing is wasted. And here's the, the, the reality of the situation of our lives. The danger isn't that God is going to waste our brokenness, our hurtfulness, and the painful things that are, are happening in our life. The danger is that you and I will. Is that you and I... <clears throat> We'll just do what we've always done and we'll experience what we always have. And we'll wonder why we never have this breakthrough moment. We'll wonder why we're always carrying the same weight around, the same burdens around, the same guilt, the same stress, because we're doing what we've always done. So, so what are we going to do? Well, Jesus said this to a group that was burned out. They were burdened down. They were broken. They, were, they, were, they had painful things that happened in their life. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says this. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. He didn't say, come to me, all you who are perfect, who the reason you're broken is somebody else's fault. He said, just, just come to me. All you who are weary and heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Come to him. Don't, don't run from him. Come to him. Don't, don't ignore it and try to rub some dirt on it and just keep going. No, no, no. Come to him. Don't, don't, don't just try to glaze over it. Don't fake your way through it. But, but he says, come to him. Don't, don't sulk. Don't have a pity party. Come to him and find an exchange for what you've been carrying around. Do something different and come to him. The, the, the second reason, the second thing that we do with things, um, when we're doing the same thing with the, the broken things is this, is that we do what we've seen everybody else do, right? Why do I keep doing this? It's because that's what I saw my parents doing. When, when their marriage fell apart, this is how they reacted, and so I'm going to react like them. When, when this happened, that's what I saw my friends do. When this happened, this is what I saw society do. When this happened, this is how I saw the church react. And, and so we react and we do with the broken things what we've seen everybody else do with their broken things. And there's got to be a better way, right? So in the Bible, Jesus has this encounter 
with a man who's been an invalid for 38 years. He's at the pool of Bethesda. And in John chapter five, verse five through six, it says this. One was there who had been there, excuse me, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? And when I read that, when I've read it in the past, I'm like, well, that's the dumbest question. Sorry, Jesus. Um, you know, like, like what, what do you mean? Does this guy that's been crippled, this guy that has been an invalid for 38, do I want to get well? Like, What? But then I started looking at the invalid's life. See, this was a great question because he's been an invalid for 38 years. This means he's been at the same place more than likely for 38 years. He has a reputation in that area. He, people know his name. People know his story, right? This is a way of living for him. And all of a sudden, this is his community was being an invalid. And Jesus says, man, man, do you want to get well? Because what has happened in a weird way, his disease, his brokenness, somehow became his identity instead of part of his story. And, and, And here's the crazy thing, is that you and I, can become very much like this invalid for 38 years. Is that our brokenness, the the broken things in our life, it's not just that it's part of our story, it's become part of our identity. The, The painful things, the hurtful things that have happened to us, it's become part of our identity. And now we use those painful things, we use those hurtful things for our excuse. And the question is, do you do you want to get well? Because your invalid moment, that 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 pain, that hurt, that brokenness was never supposed to be part of your identity. It was part supposed to be part of your story. But we like to be known as the divorcee. Well, I'm the one that was divorced. I'm the one that my wife or my husband left me for another man or another woman. I'm the one where wrong has been done. I'm the one where the the cards have been stacked up against me. I'm the one you should feel sorry for because this has happened and this is that. And the question posed to you this morning is the same question that Jesus posed to the invalid. Do you want to get well? Because if you want to get well, you don't keep doing the same thing. You don't keep going back to the same place. You don't keep doing what everybody else was doing, if you want to get well, it's the second point, you stop dragging and you start building. If you want to get well, you stop dragging all the broken things, all the hurtful things, all the painful things, and you start building. In Psalms, there's a couple of Psalms written by who is known as a descendant of Korah. Now, Korah, some of you probably remember, but some of you may not remember. There was a big rebellion that was um, brought up, and the guy leading the rebellion was Korah, and he was rebelling against Moses and Aaron when they had gotten into the wilderness. And they wanted to start taking control and they started blaming Moses and Aaron for all their problems and all their issues and Korah dies. Um, But what is strange is that Korah's descendants are still, they still have a role in the temple and still being priests. And, And what's amazing to me is this, is that just because your parents were one way doesn't mean that that makes you that way. 
right? Just because Korah's descendants, they saw Korah's example, didn't mean that Korah or the descendants of Korah had to follow that example, and they didn't. And it, it's found in Psalms chapter 42, verse 1 through 5. Most of us have heard this psalm because we sang the very first verse of this song back in the 90s, late 80s, and the song went like this with a lot of vibrato. As the deer panteth forth, the water so my soul. You know, and, and we remember this, and I keep trying to get Shan to lead worship that way. I'm like, we'll draw on the masses, man. Um, but Psalms 42, verse 1 through 5 says this. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night, I have only tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. Here's what I want us to know. Wait just for a second. The descendant of Korah is saying this. He's saying, man, there are a lot of broken things happening in my life. And what has happened is that the descendant of Korah has been exiled from the temple. Back in the Old Testament time, there was one, only one place. It was a temple where you could come into the presence of the Lord. It's not what we experience now. It's not what you and I have the joy of experiencing as followers of Christ now. And he's going, man, when, when can I come back into the presence of God? When can I come back? And when can I worship? And when can I, because where I'm at in exile, away from your presence, away from where I thought, man, this isn't where I want to to be at. And I think a lot of you, that's life. You're going, man, where I'm at's not where I thought I would be. Where I'm at, this isn't where I want to be at. And Korah is, he's not, he's not ignoring it. He's not just like moping around because in verse five, he says this, why am I discouraged? The NIV says, why is my soul downcast? Why is my heart so sad? I, excuse me, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my savior and my God. Psalms 43, verse four through five, Korah once again, descendant of Korah says, therefore I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my harp, O God, my God. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. There was this moment where Korah said, here's what I feel. Here's the reality of life. Here's all the broken things. Here's all the hard things. Here's all the unexpected, painful things that life is. Yet I will still praise God despite it. Can I tell you, there's a lot of us, we need to have that yet moment in our life. Now, I have been carrying around a backpack, in case you didn't notice. Um, I don't have like a weird relationship with my backpack to where it's like my, my security blanket or anything. Um, and, and this thing, it's heavy. Um, yesterday evening, I loaded this backpack up with rocks and I'm glad to take it off. Cause it's probably, it's, it's gotta be at least 30 pounds. Um, it's heavy. And can I tell you why I've had this on? 
It has constricted my movements. It's been in the back of my mind. I can't wait to take this backpack off when I get to this certain part of the sermon that I get to take my backpack off, right? Some of you are like, when's he going to take it off? What's he going to do with it? Trust me, I was way more ready to take it off than you because I've already worn it first service, right? So I'm like, whoo, I'm burning some calories. I get dessert today. Um, and, And here's the deal. The reason I'm carrying this around It's because this is such a great picture of how you and I are living our lives. How how crazy, how crazy would it be if next week you show up and I've got this backpack on and I said, you know what? It was just so fun. It was just so great. So I decided to put it back on and preach. And I'm just going to use that illustration every Sunday, even if it doesn't fit. You guys would be like, Justin, take, take it off. Take the backpack off back away from the backpack graves, right? It is too heavy. It's too much. You're being dumb. You're being ridiculous. Set it down and walk away. It was a great one-time illustration. Be done with it. But can I tell you, this is what we look like spiritually, Every week we come into church and we praise the Lord and we sing songs and we say, oh, I'm going to lay my burdens down and I'm going to build my life upon the Lord. And when you go out these doors, it's like you're going and you're grabbing that bag and you're picking it right back up. And this, this is the picture of us emotionally, spiritually. Some of you, the moment you come in, you feel guilty, and the moment you leave, you feel guilty because what you've done in your past. And you just can't, you carry this weight around all the time. And you're here and you say, man, I'm just tired. I'm just worn out. Can I tell you why you're tired and why you're worn out? It's because you've been dragging this thing around with you everywhere you go. You relive the mistakes. You relive all the conversations. You relive the things you shouldn't have done, the things you should have done. You relive everything that's happened to you and where life is. And you're that descendant of Korah. Man, this is where I'm at. And this wasn't what I thought life would be. And you carry it around and it's become part of your identity. And the question this morning is, do you want to get well? Because if you want to get well, I got to tell you, you got to put the bag down. You got to lay the burdens down. And and here's where we do okay, is that we come to this place and we lay it down, but we don't keep it down. We pick it back up, right? We we, we lay it down, but we pick it back up. So, So when, in the Old Testament, when they would build altars, they would not build altars out of like one piece of rock, one piece of wood. No, no, no. When they had one big piece of rock, that was a monument. That was a statue. That wasn't an altar. When you got to like, I'm talking pre-Mosaic law, when you got to the place where Noah, when you got to Jacob, when you got to Abraham, they would go around and they would find all these broken pieces laying around. And they would grab these broken pieces and they would start creating an altar out of broken things. They would start creating a place where all these broken rocks and all these broken pieces of wood, they would just grab it and they would start stacking it. And it would become a place where they could worship the Lord and they could have this experience and they could have this moment. And and it was some place where, man, God just being glorified and lifted up. And can I tell you, you can do one of two things with all the broken things in your life, with all the hard things in your life, with all the things that have crumbled. You can drag them around 
and be burdened and be tired and be worn out the rest of your life, or you can place them before the Lord, you can arrange them and you can build something out of the brokenness and worship through it. Can I tell you the way that you build an altar is simply this, you bring it, you place it, and you leave it. That's how you make an altar. You, you leave it. You don't pick all the stuff back up the moment you get ready to leave. No, no, no. You leave it. And that's what the Bible says and calls for us to do with the broken things in our life. It, it's to make an altar. It's to worship through. I, di I didn't think I would be here. But, but I, I didn't think this would be the place of where my life would be. I thought I would be at this different destination and life would look different. Why is my soul uh, downcast and discouraged? But yet I will still worship and I will still praise the Lord and I will create something out of the ashes that God's going to bring the positive out of the negative if I allow him. But that means I've got to place it. I got to let go. And here's what the Bible says to you and to I in, in Psalms 55 verse 22. It says, cast your burdens on the Lord, release it, and he will sustain and uphold you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken, to slip, to fall, to fail. I love that it says release it. Because for some of you, you've, you've dropped it, but you haven't released it. You haven't let it go. Start building something out of it instead of dragging it around with you. It says this in 1 Peter verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him, for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Because if so, there's got to be a releasing moment that you release it, that you don't just place it, but you say, you know what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this not be my story. I'm not going to let the brokenness not be my identity, but I'm going to let it be part of the testimony and the biggest story, the bigger story that you want to write through me. I'm going to allow you to shine your light through my brokenness and bring positive message out of the negative situations in my life. That's what God wants to do, but that's only if you will make an altar out of, out of it instead of the burdens that you carry with it. It's completely in your hands. I closed with this a couple years ago. Um, me and my kids and wife, we were all at Disney World and while we were there, there was the ride Tower of Terror. Um, and it's probably my favorite ride. Um, it's one of my absolute favorite rides because you never know when it's going to drop. You're just like, is it going? Is it going? Is it going? And you're like, ah! You know, I, I, I crack up every time I'm on it. It just, it's awesome. And um, while we were there, when we got in line, a downpour happened. I'm talking like, you know when it rains in sheets? Like sheets of rain. Like it's, I, I felt like Forrest Gump. I'm like, this is sideways rain and upside down rain. You know, I was just like, what is happening right now? Everywhere we go. And so we, we rode the ride and when we got off, it's still pouring down rain. I mean, just, just pouring down rain. And we got out and I know this is gonna be kind of gross, but when we got out, everybody's huddled in the gift shop at the end of the ride. And when you walked in, you could like taste everybody's breath. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, and that is gross. Um, and so I looked at the girls, and I go, hey. I go, what do you want to do? We can wait here, or we can run around. And it was quite a bit of distance. 
And we go back in line, because I guarantee you there's nobody in line because it's raining. And they looked at me and they're like, duh, dad, let's go ride. I'm like, okay, let's go. And so we ran, we got completely soaked. But you know what was awesome? Nobody was in line. We got right up there, we rode the ride, got down, still pouring down rain. I go, guys, and they're like, let's go. And so we run around, you know, we're completely soaked, we're cold, we're getting pneumonia, but it's fantastic. We're having the time of our life. We get back on, we get back off, it's still raining. I'm like, one more time. They're like, one more time. And we go, and this time we kind of take our, our time because we're already wet, right? So kind of have fun with it and we're enjoying and we get in line they're like you guys again we're like yeah us again and we wrote it again and here's why I'm telling you this story is that if you wait for it to stop to rain you will never enjoy life at some point in time man you got to learn to dance in your rain because it's going to be raining at some points of your life and you got to learn to function in the rain you got to learn to function in your brokenness you got to learn to function when things don't go right you got to learn to function when it's storming when it's raining you can either dance dance or you can mope. You can either be numb or you can let a testimony come from the broken things in your life. But I'm telling you, God wants to bring the positive out of your negative if you will just put it down, surrender it, and make an altar this morning out of what is happening in your life. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to bow our heads. I want us to close our eyes. We're not done. We've got plenty of time this morning. God, I, I love you. I, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. And Lord, I, I pray right now we'd have a moment. Lord, a, a moment that eternally impacts how we function in the rain. Lord, a, a moment that function and, and impacts the way that we operate with the broken things we've been carrying around. Lord, Lord, move and let us be willing to do a new thing so that you can take us to new places, that we wouldn't do the same thing with the broken things. But Lord, we would build instead of drag around. In Jesus' name I pray. Here, here's, here's what I want us to do. Um, I'm going to come down here just for a second. So we built altars right here at the front. Like Shannon built altars, so they'll stand. And in first service, I, I gotta be honest, our church isn't this way. We kind of raise our hand and that's a whole response time, right? And I was like, man, but there's gotta be more. People, people want this moment. And I think some of you, you just, you're waiting for that moment. You're frustrated because life feels the same way. And so we've got broken pieces of rock down here. We've got Sharpies and buckets down here. And what the, what the challenge is this, is that for you to build your own altar, out of your broken things. For you to come down, grab a Sharpie, grab a rock, and write down what's broken. What do you keep carrying around? And then what I want you to do is I want you to place it on the altar. And I don't want you to take it home with you. I want you to take it and put it in your car. I want you to leave it at the altar and worship through it finally literally releasing it to the Lord and what we're going to do is we're going to take all these rocks and build an altar up here for the rest of the series but can I tell you this is your moment and I know you may feel uncomfortable I know that it may be stretching good good I hope it stretches you if we use all the rocks man take somebody's rock flip it over and start writing your own thing on it that's fine 
Can I tell you, God has a moment for you. You just got to reach out and grab it. And when you come down, you can pray down here. You can go back to your seat and pray. But Shannon's going to lead us in a song called, Oh, Come to the Altar. And for some of you, this is your moment. You've got to come to the altar. You got to take all the broken things, all the hurtful things. And this is your moment of learning to dance in the rain. Shannon, if you'll lead us and as he leads us, don't wait for somebody. Come grab your rock. Come grab your broken piece and just ride on it and put it on the altar this morning. This morning, if you're praying, keep praying. We're going to allow this time to be a place where you can just spend time in prayer, spend time at your altar, um, and learn to function in your reign, um, and learn to lay those things, those broken, painful things down that you've been carrying with you. I'm going to pray for us. If you need to go, you're more than welcome to go. Shannon's going to lead us a little bit longer during worship, and then we'll have worship music on at the end. But there is no rush whatsoever for you guys to leave this place. I'm just going to conclude us in prayer, and then you guys can go if you need to go, or you can spend some more time here just at your own altar. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you for today. And Lord, you see so many burdens. So many people tired. That have come to you this morning. Just like you said, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God, I pray this morning that as we lay it down and as we build an altar out of all the broken things and the hurtful things and the painful things, God, I pray that we would take your yoke upon us now. The Lord, as we've learned to worship and Lord, use the broken things, use it as part of our story, but God, don't let it stay our identity any longer. God, we, when you said we are a new creation, God, let us become new that creation that is in you and so lord i pray that as your word says he that the son is set free is free i pray that we would walk out of here free from guilt free from shame free from anxiety free from fear free from brokenness free from all the pain that has been our life and that lord we would build our altar and that lord we would learn to worship you through it god i pray your anointing and blessing and strength upon these lives and that an incredible, incredible positive story and testimony would come out of the negative that has happened. Lord, I love you and I thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You are more than welcome to stay here. If you need to leave, you're dismissed at this time. We'll see you all next Sunday. Oh, come to the altar. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. Thank you.